Heyo, welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. My name is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Blood Offering. Fuck, man. Yeah, I'm Justin. <laughs> I can't follow that because I have no more blood to offer. Ooh, what's going on, guys? Just hanging out, man. Yeah. How, was, uh, how was you guys' weekend? Uh, I, I actually performed with Afterbirth at the New York Death Fest this Oosh. past weekend at St. Vitus. Uh, a gutter Christ uh, joint. As Great. they say, yeah. How'd that go? Uh, allegedly joint. Um, it went, it went, it went really good, man. It was a good show. Um, a lot of great bands played. Um, uh, Joe from Eye of the Destroyer. Eye of the Destroyer, great band. Uh, Joe, great comedian, and Eye of the Destroyer, a great backup band. They do like the Saturday night, well, no, the uh, the Tonight Show thing, where when the guy tells a joke, they do a little jam, blah, 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 you know, like like it's it's they got a whole routine, man. Eye of the Destroyer, best comedy slash brutal slam game going in the whole death metal industry right wow. now. Yeah, I gotta, yeah. gotta look out for that. Shout out to my man. Yeah, and um, you know, Immortal Suffering uh, put on a great show. Uh, Regurgitation from Ohio. Throwback band. Um, I own the demo flex on everybody right now. But yeah, really great to see Regurgitation from Ohio back in the game uh, playing that show. Shout out to them, man. And I just had a beautiful time just being part of that experience. Afterbirth played to a lot of awesome people uh, that watched us, man. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I was honored. To, I was happy to be there. That's all I got to say about the experience. Love man. to hear it. So a lot of friends there, a lot of great people, and um, that's all, you know. So uh, so that's enough about my weekend, man. What was going on with you, Tom? Uh, huh. A lot of drinking. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm getting a little worried about you guys. Why? Uh, what are you worried about? Uh, oh, you know what? I I did an episode of Roast Mortem. It's the first one we did where Travis was out of town. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, so we're all uh, we're all we're a bunch of cam girls to each other now. Very just sexual. getting drunk by. Technically, it's not drinking by yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if someone's hearing you gulp. So are, are you framing it so that you can't see uh, each other's lower body, but you know there's some sort of movement going on? Yeah, I oh. knew. I was just like Travis. Uh, when this camera turns on and I see a dick, yeah. we're done. We're done. There's okay. no more show. Things that we're not going to have to worry about when we launch the Heavy Hole YouTube channel, allegedly. Yeah, well, it'll be on YouTube, so uh, Susan will take it down for us if we get there. <laughs> Might want to keep you guessing, but... Jeez. Yeah, Justin, what about you? Oh, uh, Tom, I did I did totally fine this week. Yeah? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I did a little, little spackle, a little sanding. Uh, nice. You know, this uh, nice. bathroom renovation ongoing. Working hard. Bob Vila style, this old house. Do you listen to music while you're doing that stuff? Yeah, actually. I mostly listen to Testament. I was going to say, what's the playlist? What's sure, the playlist? yeah. So, uh, Testament, uh, I put on some uh, Bad Brains and CBGBs All right. from uh, 84, 85, I want to say. Keep great, the energy going while you're working. Video. Smart. Yeah. And then uh, just Kiss, honestly. Oh, Kiss. Don't kiss get me started. early bro. on until, See, I, until they played WCW Nitro. Uh, kiss? <laughs> and they, they unveiled the Kiss Demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got into Kiss a little bit late in life, man, but it, I... Yeah, man, great band, great band. Shout, shout to Kiss, shout to Gene. Allegedly, well, hardest yeah. band in the world. Yeah, we'll, we'll reach out to Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see how much he wants for an interview. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, all good. But, but excellent. <laughs> a, a guy. Uh, glad you're getting the work done, man, and jamming out tonight. Our guest is none other than Chad Gailey, uh, death metal drummer. Most people have heard him in the band Necrot. He's also recently joined Vastum. He's in Mortuous, Atrament. You know, so many projects and bands. He's suffering from uh, MBDS, right? Multiple, multiple band, multiple drummer band syndrome. drummer syndrome. Mm. My friend Sam Sherrick is displaying symptoms. He's not quite at the seven band mark yet, yeah. but he's in a few bands. These drummers, 
drummer, extreme metal drummers listening, guys, everyone's gonna ask you to join. All right, only join the sick people with the riffs. Okay, thank you. Once, so, uh, yeah, once our Patreon is up, we'll have a fund you can donate to the sorry. Uh, amazing people out there, you know, yeah. uh, who suffer. Yeah, we're actually going to yeah. multiple gonna, band drummer syndrome. We're going to mm. buy them time uh, to, to, to to change their socks when right. we're on tour and ice for the wrists. But but we're going to talk about the sore wrists you get from drumming in so many bands and changing your socks with Chad. We're going to see if he's going to call us up in a few minutes, huh? Hello, Chad. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you, man? This is Tom speaking. Hey, Tom. I'm doing well. Excellent. Over here, I got my co-host, Will. Hey, Chad. Nice to meet you over the phone. Hey, how you doing, Will? Great, man. And uh, over here is Justin. How's it going, buddy? Hey, Justin. What's up? Good to meet you, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you for having me. Right off the bat, what's the weather like where you are right now? Oh, it's nice and sunny, clear skies. <laughs> Pretty pretty nice stuff today. I'd say that. Remember when I emailed you before and I said there was no chance of thunderstorms here? <laughs> uh, are th- are there thunderstorms on the horizon? It's currently happening. <laughs> yeah. Just just to back up for the listeners, this isn't the Weather Channel, uh, but the, the the last time we had, we had previously scheduled Chad, and there was such a downpour that there was like a power outage at Tom's house, and my block was flooded in. I couldn't even get out of my house. Wow. So uh, so we rescheduled, and then I was looking at the sky today, like man, this 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 guy's real deal, man. This this neck rock shit, man. I, you know, <laughs> it's like the end, of the, the end of the world when we want to talk to this guy every time. It's brooding. So, so um, we do want to be respectful of your time and um, get get this interview out of the way before the next power outage. I, I just want to start off the bat. You you talked about uh, how nice it is over there. Are you original? Are you in San Jose right now? Uh, no, I'm actually up in Oakland. I've been up here since yesterday. I um, I spend most of the week up here just doing you know, band stuff with Necrot and and more to us in Vastum. But um, where I live is in San Jose. It's just um, it's just easier to stay up here for a few days at a time, just so I can get everything done that I need to, and then go home when you know everything dies down a little bit. So I'm in Oakland as we speak. You originally from San Jose? Yeah, I, I was born and raised there, um, and I, I moved to Oakland when I was 21, and then I moved back when I was 25. Um, yeah, like, so I've, I've you know, I've, I've mostly been in San Jose. What's, what's, like, the big difference between Oakland and San Jose? Like, for, I well, mean, you know, I'm from New York, so I don't really know. Okay, well, I mean, San Jose is, like, a part of the greater Bay Area. Uh, Oakland is, like smack dab in the bay bay area so i mean if you're trying to get to san francisco it's like a 10 minute drive from oakland to get to sf so you know being in oakland you're you're more connected to a lot of the other cities in the bay area whereas like san jose you kind of have to drive to wherever you want to go just because it's a little farther out there it's uh you know more inland so to say okay and um so, so going back to growing up, are you like, are you from a, a musical or a creative family? 
I mean, my my mom used to play in like a band in high school, and I know my dad kind of dabbled with like guitar a little bit, but um, mo you know, mostly like it was uh, it was just kind of like us and you know my siblings that were the ones that kind of like picked up instruments. Like I know I know like kind of a few family members that played instruments, like on my mom and my dad's side, but you know, it was mostly me and my sister and my younger sister who were playing instruments when we were growing up really so i mean t tell me about that a little bit man like like what was the little the family band dynamic and wh what what music were you uh uh you inspired by as kids doing this well when i was growing up i always looked to my older sister to kind of get me into bands she was more into like heavier music so like she was into punk and you know different metal that was popular at the time so she was the one who introduced me to a lot of early bands that i would get into so um you know from there i was listening to those bands but then i when i grew up a little more i was discovering more bands on my own um just like more in the punk category as i mean i i think i i think it just like i was more into that but like I'd always listen to metal, but it wasn't until maybe high school that I started listening to more metal, and just because of like because I was listening to heavier punk, like crust punk or whatever, that was kind of I was like, oh, I want to hear like what you know other bands might be out there, and so I I kind of gravitated towards listening to Slayer and Death and some of the other thrash bands, and then from there doing grindcore and death metal and you know from you know everything from there on so so what's uh like what's the family's reaction when you start jamming with bands and playing extreme metal oh i mean they they were you know they were supportive for the most part but they always wanted me to focus on school and and yeah. that was never my thing <laughs> i always wanted to just play drums and do my own thing but um I feel like they've been the most supportive now that they've ever been just because they've seen all the success that Necrot has had and then now with Mortuous getting a little more recognition. Um, I think being in Decibel and all the promotion that they gave gave me and, and all the bands that I'm in, it just showed them like, wow, like, you know, there's actually something there and he's he's progressing and people like actually give a shit about it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That's so awesome, they're man. excited. They're excited about it. That that's awesome, man. That's good. And and um, you know, I have a lot of questions about Necrot and and Mortuous and um, the, all, all the other projects you've been involved in. Uh, but maybe before we get into that, you could talk a little bit about um, growing up uh, in San Jose and the, and like the local um, music scene. What kind of bands you were into? Maybe like formative shows that you went to, things like that. And what time era are we talking about? Like you being a, a teenager, uh, getting into that stuff. So when I was around like 13 or 14, I, I think I started going to shows in San Jose. Um, most of the shows that I was going to were um, like just local punk, punk and hardcore bands. There was, there was some grindcore bands in San Jose that I was checking out. Um, mainly like those were the types of shows I was going to starting at age 14. Um, I feel like some of the formative shows that I went to were some of like the there was like a few really cool punk shows with some bands like Ruckus and Rotten Fucks that were like kind of the 
early like inspiration to be like oh you know it'd be cool to start my own band with friends um and then you had bands like indisgust and massacre um emesis like then those were on the more like grindcore power violence side of things but it's like with san jose it's kind of everybody was playing all the shows together there wasn't like clicky underground scenes yet mm-hmm. like there was because there wasn't really room for that there is more room for like everyone to play and it wasn't so like i think branched out um yeah i think those were like some of the earliest memories that i have um but when i started like my other band it wasn't until like 2008 or 9 that we were starting to play live and and we got invited to play in Oakland more than we did in San Jose. And uh, I feel like a lot of like the uh, support came from Oakland. And, you know, it's not to say that San Jose didn't really support any of the bands that we were doing, but it was just like the people in Oakland wanted to play with our band, so we would go up there and we would travel more. And that's kind of where I established more connections. And uh, ultimately now everything is rooted in Oakland so <laughs> okay man it, I mean uh, yeah. you, you got to go where the action is sometimes man. exactly exactly yeah, yeah so um I know Necrot starts in 2011 right yeah uh, me and Luca started the band in 2011 and I mean maybe just take us from like uh you know a, a little bit before that because you guys were in a band together before that right no we weren't um he played in Acephalix yes and um i played in another band called bruxers and we happened to jump on the show that they were playing at in oakland and it was like super last minute and we played and and after they saw us they like you know we all introduced ourselves and and they're like yeah we really like you guys and we'd always been huge fans of acephalic so it was cool like getting their like support um and then ultimately uh luca and kyle because uh they they were the ones who started Necrot. Um, okay. It was like their side project from Acephalix. Um, Luca and Kyle hit me up and they're like, "Oh yeah, let's let's see about jamming sometime, uh, you know, on this new side project we're doing." And so we jammed a couple times and it was going well. Uh, I think we jammed for about a month until Acephalix went on tour with Undergang. They went on like a summer tour with them in 2011, and when they got back. Luca was like, "Okay, it's just me and you from here on out," and that's that's pretty much the the origins of Necrot. Okay, and uh, you mentioned Bruxers, and as as we go along, I just don't want to um, lose uh, any of your other recordings t- uh, to recommend to the listeners. Bruxers, um, just to sum up, was maybe more of like a little bit of a dark, melodic, uh, crusty hardcore band, right? Yeah, it was. It started off as like a a crust band, and then. You know, uh, we were starting to listen to more death metal, at least like me and my friend Colin from Mortuous. We were, we were like getting really into death metal. And so um, we, you know, we wanted to incorporate more of like a heavier sound. Um, I think the last recording we did was like a, a four track demo. Um, and it was like released on tape like the, the day we actually like broke up. <laughs> so, uh, it's just like a weird chance that it happened but um yeah like bruxers was kind of like our our in-between band it was like crusty death metal there's you know some like 
sludgy, doomy type um, feeling there just because of what we were like all listening to. So, yeah, uh, Bruxers yeah. was like a, around from, I think, 2007 to around 2011, just, you know, from the very beginning to the very end. And and what about, because uh, that was with um, Colin from Mortuous, and he was also an Ace of Phallix at that time, right? Well, he, he just joined Ace of Alex, I think, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years ago. Okay, I got all right, so I got it a little backwards. But, um, yeah, no worries. But that was also, uh, with him, you were also, uh, did, did a recording of a project called Disinhibition. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, Disinhibition, yep. I couldn't let the listeners lose that one, because that is a, a really sick, dirty, raw, gore grind, kind of like Carcass, almost, like Carcass's first two albums, maybe. Is that fair to yeah. say? Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely fair. I mean, while we're listening to and what we wanted to do when we uh recorded that demo we were just trying to do a classic grindcore project in the vein of repulsion terrorizer napalm death and we would cover those bands and then we we're just like okay let's write our own songs and record a quick demo and this is around when bruxers was still going on so it's just like just to kind of show you where we were at at the time and uh you know we played we played some shows with the full lineup um, but ultimately, just other bands took priority with, you know, me with Necrod and Colin went over to the East Coast and played in Deform for a little bit. So we just, you know, we kind of put it on the back burner to let some other projects uh, move forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Necrot recorded your first demo in 2011, right? Yeah, we recorded in November, December of 2011 with our, our friend Jeff mm-hmm. Davis. Um at his uh, rehearsal studio in San Francisco, and that was the first demo we did. Um, the second demo, we were supposed to record with him, but he passed away the day before we were supposed to go in yeah. and lay those tracks down. So we had to wait a minute uh, until I think it was like I think it was like maybe two months later. We ended up recording with Greg over at Earhammer, and that was and the uh, the Abyss demo you're talking about. <laughs> No, that was Into the Labyrinth. Okay, all right, okay. But we did record The Abyss with him, I think, two years after that one came out. Got it. And um, you you did mention uh, Jeff Davis, rest in peace. Um, and doing the research, I, I, I found out that he was, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about Jeff, Jeff Leopard Davis, um, right? That's what yep. people referred to him as. And I understand that he was kind of uh, an iconic person, maybe, in your local scene. Yeah, he was, I mean, he recorded a bunch of bands over the years that he was actually recording. He played in a band called STFU. Um, he was he was definitely a, a huge part of the underground Bay Area scene, for sure. Um, I, I didn't really get to meet him until 2011 when Necro went to go record with him. Um, but, like, you know, while, while we... Uh, you know, the time that we did get to spend together, I got to got to meet him and really get to know him a little bit and his wife, Nikki. So it was, you know, from the, the time that we did get to spend together, it was great. It was a great memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I realized that, um, uh, you know, the, the, he, he obviously had a reputation in your local scene and, uh, you know, had been in bands himself. Um, and so, so as you mentioned, uh, you guys record um, uh, your second demo and you also uh went around that time you joined mortuous right i joined mortuous in 2014 okay 
Um, the drummer that was in the band before me was uh, Cole Jones, who had been in Exhumed, and he had been in Repulsion for the past few years. Um, he was the one who asked me personally if I wanted to join Mortuous and take his spot. And I, it was, you know, it was a total honor for me to do that, just because of how big of an influence he was to me, mm-hmm. and just you know how much I. Had, like appreciated more to us and being a fan of that band it was it was cool for me to take the reins in his in his place and and also that band uh at that point featured mike beam yeah mike beams is actually still in more to us yeah and he was um people might be familiar with the album gore metal by exhumed he played on that album and was in exhumed for several years right yeah he was he was in exhumed for a good amount of time he played on, um, I'm pretty sure he played on Gore Metal and Slaughter Cult. Okay. Maybe even Anatomy is Destiny. I just, I, you know. Yeah, can't. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um, I should know. I'm the one doing all the research, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, no, I, the only reason I bring that up is just to set it up because uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about what Exhumed means uh, in your local scene because you're a little bit younger than me and I remember looking up to Exhumed as being like the OGs of the scene in the 90s when I got into this stuff so I imagine that being from their area maybe they're like how a Long Island guy like me looks to suffocation or something like that is that is that true? Yeah I mean Exhumed is definitely a, a huge uh, a huge influence for a lot of bands in San Jose I feel like bands like Exhumed and uh, New Thrush Sleep like those are bands that really stick out from San Jose that people really remember. Um, I don't know. They've they've always been an influence on like death metal bands around there. Um, and you know, a lot of the other members went on to do really cool stuff. Like, I mean, you had or just you know people who had connected projects that were friends with Exhumed. You had like Cretan or County Medical Examiners. Yeah, that was like those cool. are all like brother bands sort of thing. So I think I think the influence is definitely you know it's there i i don't really know like how many of them still live in san jose i know i know three of the original members do but i know some other members kind of live elsewhere now at least but a great band i'm a big fan of exhumed um especially going back to to the older material that i'm a little bit more familiar with man and um you know, I just always liked their vibe and, and how uh, how they kept the things real death metal. You know, so I thought that was an interesting connection to to, to you and your projects. And as you said, you kind of came in and took the reins from Cole Jones himself. So that was that was cool, man. And and Mortuous, uh, the is is through Wilderness your album that was released last year on Tank Crimes Records. Is that your your first full length album? Yeah, that's the first uh, full length that Mortuous ever did. Before that, though. There was two demos. There was the Moors and Mortalis demo that came out in 2010, I think, and then there was the demo 2012 that came out in 2012. Okay, I, I just you know I, I didn't want to breeze over that because the Mortuous uh, Through Wilderness uh, album, really great album uh, that came out last year. And for our listeners, if they're not familiar with it, highly recommended. Very raw, uh, kind of old school death metal, um, the type of thing. Re- you know, really kind of. Uh, cool instrumental quality to it and just the type of stuff that you, that people will, I think come to expect with um with with this the scene that that's that's around you out there uh seems like there's a really cool extended death metal scene uh that not just the bands you're in maybe but some of the connected people yeah i mean uh there's a there's a ton of bands that are playing death metal and just extreme music 
in the Bay Area. You have Acephalix, um, you know, who has connected members with Necrod and Bastem, and then there's Cartilage, there's Succumb, there's Evulse, you have Deathgrave, Funeral Chant. I mean, there's a bunch of bands that are really, like, kicking major ass and, like, getting a lot of recognition now. Um, and I think, uh, you know, people are always coming to the shows and always supporting each other, so I think that also helps with that, as you know, along with it, so. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Deathgrave. Um, my, my band, Afterbirth, we're playing with them in Baltimore in two weeks, man. Looking forward to that. Uh, that's right. Yeah, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, yeah, at the sidebar in Baltimore. Uh, I don't know if you know that venue. Uh, I've played there many times. Yeah, me too, <laughs> me too, man. I love that place, man. <laughs> it's great. Awesome, awesome little punk rock spot, man. So, mm -hmm. um... All right, so I mean, kind of getting back. I also don't want to. Uh, is it pronounced Atriment? Oh, uh, it's Atriment. Atriment. I don't want to breeze over Atriment either. So, uh, what was it like? The year after Mortuous, or, or shortly after Mortuous, you joined uh, uh, Atriment? No, I actually like. What's crazy is I joined three bands at the same time. I joined. <laughs> I joined Mort. <laughs> sorry, I joined Mortuous, Rude, and and I started Atriment at the same time. So I was like. You know, I already had Necrod, and um, and I was in Vastum already. But then I had, I had those other three bands that I had just joined too. <laughs> wow, I, that's amazing. That's uh, quite the undertaking. Yeah, it's uh, you know, being in seven bands at one time is not an easy test. <laughs> Drummers, man, this is dude. You're you're the most classic case of like of like multi-band drummer syndrome. Like the, Pretty like, much. like yeah, drummers, man. I, I always warn drummers, man. That everyone's gonna want you, bro. And you yeah. still you probably still have people asking you to play drums in their band. I'm sure all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. You got yeah, you gotta be selective. But that's cool, man. Um, you know, we're glad you're keeping busy out there because there's a lot of really cool music attached uh, to, uh, to your your drums and your your extended scene. And uh, Atrimin is really cool. Um, the, again, in 2018, uh, the Scum Sect album came out on, um, what was that, Blood Harvest Records, right? Yep. And uh, just, br again, briefly for the listeners, kind of dark, crusty death metal. It, to me, man, I, I listened to it and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, the kind of like really dark like lead work that kind of subtly was in there. It almost reminded me of like a black metalized excruciating terror. Sorry, say that one more time. A, a you cut out. A, yeah, it doesn't make any sense what I said. A black, a black metal version of excruciating terror. <laughs> that... I'm sure people could see that. Um, we like Atrament was was it's sort of like a darker hardcore crusty band. Like I, I know my vocalist was always like trying to tag us as like crusty black metal, but I just it, it kind of I think we were more just like a uh, like kind of a Swedish crust influence type of band just you know a little more melodic but still like driving db sort of deal so is within that, within all the songs is that band still around no we actually broke up um not too long ago um we we did two albums we did scum sec last year and then in 2015 or 16 i think we had um eternal downfall so we did two albums, and we did a, a, a bolt thrower cover for uh, Cold Nations, uh, a bolt thrower compilation that they were doing. Um, but you know, we did we did all that, and we had a good run. It's just um, like I said, other projects take priority, people's lives change, 
So uh, it just it was like all it was always like a kind of a side project band for everyone involved. But um, I think now it's just you know we had a good run. We're we're kind of letting it go as it is. Okay, man. So. And and uh, what about, you mentioned Rude? Are you still in Rude? No, I actually quit Rude in the summer of 2017. Okay, I, well, again, man, while we're listing them off, dude, you got a lot of a lot of work out there, man. You were on the rep, <laughs> the Remnants album, right? Yeah, that wow. was the most recent album that was released by Rude, and it came out in, I think it was January of 2017. Okay, yeah, I, I just another recommendation for the listeners. Really cool, kind of little little quirky old school raw death metal um just you know sim- similar vein as some of the other stuff we're touching on here man and it's it's all uh it's all really cool old school raw stuff that that i can appreciate man i did enjoy that root album a lot too man what's what's the deal with that band it seems like maybe they have a, a history before you came in yeah so rude was another one of the early death metal bands that was uh happening in the bay area um they've they've been around for uh a a long time before that they like started kind of as like a raw black metal band like you know Bathory Worship type stuff and then they started doing death metal around like 2010 2011 and that's when they had the you had the first demo called Haunted um, from there they did Soul Recall which was their first LP and then when I joined was when they were writing Remnants and we recorded that one in, I want to say, like, right at the end of 2016, or maybe, yeah, I think it was, like, right at, right around the end of 2016, we spent, like, three days recording it, and, um, you know, it was, it came out awesome. A lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of sick riffs, if you love Pestilence and Morbid Angel and Asphyx, you'll love remnants it's just definitely like spot on with all three of those bands yeah uh, highly recommended along with that monster uh, that um mortuous album and uh, yes yeah, so, i mean like 2017 and 18 you basically flood the market with with like yeah. death metal albums dude I mean, <laughs> it's awesome non-stop dude. yeah um it's you versus superior drummer yeah <laughs> thank yeah, you yeah so <laughs> So, are, are you at this point? Um, because I'm kind of building up. I want to talk before Blood of, Blood Offerings comes out. Uh, are you like playing shows with all of these bands and kind of keeping ex- extra busy? Yeah, I'm. I'm mostly like playing bands or playing shows with every band. Um, with Rude, we were playing shows. Atrament was playing shows. Uh, Mortuous was not really playing many shows in 2016. We're we were sort of like riding through wilderness at that point, and um, that would you know it was kind of on the on the back burner. But Necro was was writing and recording and playing shows before we went into the studio in August of 2016 to record Blood Offerings. So I was keeping busy, but you know also making sure that every other you know I guess every other project had had time, it, and I was working full time. It was. It was pretty stressful, so. I, I don't know if you want to divulge uh, that information, but what, like, what kind of a day job do you keep, or like, you know, what, what do you do outside of metal? Well, when I was living in Oakland, I worked at this pizza joint called RNL's Pizza, and it was a New York, like, a classic New York style pizza joint. Okay. In Berkeley, in San Francisco, where we had two types of pizza: we had a thin crust, a classic thin crust, and then we had a Sicilian which is more of like a deep dish pizza. 
Um, but like that, that's kind of like where I worked for the entire stay that I was up here. Um, but I worked there like five, six days a week sometimes. Wow, working. You know, I'd, yeah, it was basically like I'd, I'd have like a split schedule where I'd like work a few solid days straight and then I'd have a couple days off and then back and it was my schedule was always changing and you know it was it was kind of a madhouse but uh since I moved back to San Jose I've just I've been touring so much that I haven't really been able to hold down a job yeah <laughs> so yeah, it's tough yeah yeah but uh, you know one day I- I'm get so back to glad it. so glad I asked you that question I don't know if you realize how you just enriched this interview uh, and your music to, to me and a lot of our listeners by knowing that you were working hard at the pizza shop while a lot of this was being written and, re- and recorded, man. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that like, you got to pay your rent. You got to pay your bills. Like, I, you know, I can't just, I couldn't be supported. Like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're writing music and working. Like, everybody out here has to work to survive. Like, you know, we don't make a lot of money from playing music. Even though it might look like that on the internet or something, it's like everybody works hard to get, you know, what we have right now. People have some very um, uh, detached ideas about um, how how profitable underground death metal can be. That's something I found out about too, man. People people think I make all this money off of like the Artificial Brain album or something, man. But um, you know, yeah, everyone's working hard. But yeah, as much as I respect the hard work, man, it was more the pizza, man. You got me hungry over here just thinking about it. And you kind <laughs> hey, of I'm, I'm, I'm always down for pizza. <laughs> did, it in a, did it in a New York way, man. So um, uh, all right. So now we're talking. Blood Offerings uh, is released uh, 2016 on Tank Crimes, right? Yeah. Is uh, there, uh, sorry, 2017. 2017. It was recorded yep. uh, 2016, all right, and released yep. 2017. Is there a serious decision to like, um, like, like full steam ahead on Necrot? Let's do the tours. Let's do what we got to do, and kind of put other stuff on the back burner at that point. Yeah, I mean, with Necrot, it's always our. It's uh, for everybody. It's our main band, mm-hmm. so we always give Necrot top priority. Whereas, like, we're gonna go on tour. Or we're gonna practice or we're gonna record or play shows like it's always number one just because it's it's what we've been doing the longest so that i mean for us it's like that's this is our life necrot is our life awesome man and and you guys really i mean 2017 alone uh the north american tour with undergang was that your first like big tour that was our first real like full month long tour mm-hmm. was was that tour and it went really well for both Undergang and us um, all the shows were really well attended we sold uh, so much merch um, I, I think it was like definitely at that point the, one of the best tours I'd ever been on awesome man and um, was it was that the longest time you've ever been on a tour or yeah that was the longest time I'd ever been on tour um, and did you when you toured or went on the road prior to that like was it with a three piece or was Necrot your first three piece that you went on the road with yeah Necrot was the first band I ever went on tour with um I mean with Bruxers we played like a couple out of town gigs but it doesn't really count Necrot was the band that like we we toured with that I toured with first but you know Luca and Sonny had been touring with their other bands for years before that so Oh, okay, maybe they um, they have the, the the experience then because I was just thinking like touring as a three piece must be a lot easier in a lot of respects 
you know, less ways to split the money and less uh, people in the van, less mouths to feed, you know, a lot, you know, things like that. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier. I mean, now we usually bring a crew with us, so it's a little more tight. But um, yeah, I mean, if it's just us on the road, like it's it's pretty sweet. Uh, but it, it doesn't really happen that often, just because we're you know previous to the you know the last tours that we've been on, it was you know we'd always go with another band. So like the first tour we ever did was with Skolex, and we shared a band with them, and. Um, you know other other tours after that we went out with like trench grinder and undergang and skullx again skullx, and uh with uh paul riedel right from blood incantation yeah paul paul plays live in the live skullx lineup but the original lineup uh was erica and justin they were the main duo okay. behind skullx okay yeah the name rang a bell okay and but yeah and uh, uh, you guys also that, that that same year, 2017, was the Nightbringers tour, right? Yeah, that's a that's the time we went out with uh, Black Dahlia Murder and Suffocation. Yeah, uh, and wasn't also Exhumed and Decrepit Birth part of that? Yeah, Decrepit Birth was on it for the first half, and Exhumed was on the later leg of it for like six days. What were they? Were they like West Coast days? Yeah, they were on. They were on the shows from, I think it was like Lake Tahoe till Phoenix. I think those were the the amount of shows that they did. They did like all those ones. All the way down. What, what was that like for you um, to be on a big package tour like that with Exhumed? It was pretty crazy. Uh, I'd never been on like a package tour like that, so I wasn't sure what to expect. But <laughs> uh, it was insane seeing like you know these massive places just sold out um playing to like the bigger you know we never played to crowds that big before so it was really cool getting to show people that might not have heard of us otherwise they you know they finally get to see what we're about um i mean other than that we sold a shit ton of merch (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh we yeah we came back with a good amount of money too to split um so it definitely, you know, it was like a, another big incentive to just keep doing what we're doing and, and keep touring like that, so. Yeah, and really awesome that you and Exhumed together kind of representing um, your area on the West Coast on a big tour like that, man. That's sick. Yeah, they were, they had a great time from what I remember, and, <laughs> you know, they, they really know how to, like, work the crowd, too. They've got great stage presence and sick riffs, and just, they're so, they're so much fun to watch. I, I really love those guys awesome man and um you know you mentioned like that's your first big package tour uh with you know with um with artificial brain uh we were fortunate enough to tour with black dahlia murder at one point and um you know we've been on a few of those package tours and i know it was like a big uh like reality check for me because i had never been on on like a big professional tour experience like that like uh you know sometimes maybe you're driving for longer stretches you have to check in and load in early in the afternoon things like that i was wondering maybe you could talk a little bit about like things you learned um uh, underground tours versus big package tours and stuff like that i mean they're they're worlds apart yeah when you're when you're chasing a bus you you really find out what touring is like oh you know it's like we went on that tour with undergang and it was pretty relaxed for the most part we didn't have to be there until you know like five or six every day uh, we you know we could sleep a little longer at night um 
<laughs> take our time during the day, but when you're chasing a bus, you get you you get no sleep. Like I don't th I don't think I've ever adjusted back to my normal sleeping schedule uh, since that Black Dahlia tour. Like yeah. I wake up now at like seven every single morning, uh, <laughs> whether or not I went to bed early or late. Um, it it's insane. I mean, you're just driving like all day long you get to the venue at like 1 p.m yeah you load in you set up merch you you hurry up and wait you play you get done you break it all down you get it you get maybe like three or four hours of sleep and then you do it all again yeah yeah man. it's brutal yeah and and there's three of you guys so that, i mean I, you say you bring a crew now but at one point was it just the three of you rotating driving shifts no we've always had one one more person with us okay okay so like you know it, it helps split things up like we have our our good friend rika who does the merch and he would help drive too so yeah, he's that, been a, a a pretty substantial part of our crew since 2017 shout to all the drivers slash merch guys out there for um, real yeah uh sam sherrick actually who did an episode uh, a few of uh, another drummer uh from long island here did an episode with us a, f a few weeks ago and we didn't bring up that he was our merch guy slash driver on the artificial brain tour a few years ago with uh like revocation and cattle decapitation man and you know those guys put in a lot of work they definitely do yeah. and they get no sleep or breaks yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. but um uh all right man yeah i just wanted for, you know for the listeners maybe talk about that because i know you guys really went full in with necrot with with the touring thing and i want to get to that decibel tour from um from uh, earlier this year i think it was uh but before that also just while we're on the touring uh we we did a few tour themed episodes uh and i just wanted to ask you a question from that what like what would you bring on tour like someone who's never been on a tour they're about to go on their first big tour what do you tell them to make sure they put in their bag Damn, plenty of plenty of like fresh socks and underwear. My man. I yes. mean, that's <laughs> like that's the stuff that you go through so quick. I mean, you can always change a t-shirt, you know, jeans, jeans last, but like if you don't have like clean socks and underwear, man, you're you're done. Change your <laughs> socks. Change your you're, socks. Yeah, you're stinking up the van. Everyone's <laughs> mad at you. Like it's it's awful. So I think that's like definitely number one priority. Um, bring some headphones. Uh, you know, if you if you want to like get in your own world a little bit, kind of like tune out from what's going on in the van, just bring some headphones. Help you get to sleep a little bit. I mean, headphones and a book. I think those are a great combo. What's um, um what's uh some reading material you recommend? Damn, uh, choosing death was a good one. Yeah. Extremity yeah. retained. Um, dang, I'm trying to think like what other books I was reading. Oh, the Lemmy autobiography. That was a great read. Just because, you know, you're on tour and you're hearing about all Lemmy's like tour debauchery. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's just rad. It's like you're yeah. like kind of like immersed in that already. So why why the fuck not? Right. Cool, like, um, you're sitting in a van and you're reading this Lemmy like biography and like you just feel like an animal after reading it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that guy was just reading a book and now he's like, you know, trying to kick a dumpster over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's a it's a great it's a great read um i just feel like i don't really get through books as much because i'm just so wrecked every day I, as soon as i start the book i end up passing out yeah, uh, yeah. 
So it is kind of hard to like read books on tour, but I definitely think that having one just in case is always a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a few tours where I had a book that never got open once, but I, I put it in my bag just in case, man. And yeah. a few tours where I got to read a, a couple of pages here and there, man. Um, yeah, it's nice. S- Sam from Artificial Brain, uh, who we did an episode with, he's a, we, we, he recommended some books on the podcast, man. He's always reading, and he always brings a, a book or two on, the, on tour. Man. He's good for that. He's the guy that'll actually finish the book on tour. Badass. Yeah, yeah, man. So, all right. So, I mean, speaking of tour, you guys, what, um, I, there's a little hole here in my research because the next tour I have is the 2019 Decibel Tour. Did you guys tour heavy in 2018? We did. We did some smaller tours. Like, um, I know at the beginning of the year, we did an East Coast run with Skull Shitter. Um, we did, it was like around the whole Decibel Metal and Beer Fest in Philly. And we played the pre-show um, uh, for the fest, so we, we did like three or four shows around that, and it went pretty well. Um, it was awesome finally getting to meet Albert and and a, and a few of the other Decibel crew, um, and just being a part of that experience. It was it was really fun. Um, after the the Skull Shitter run, we did a West Coast tour around Northwest Terror Fest. I think we did like four or five shows around that we went up to vancouver and um and you know back down the coast Mm -hmm. and northwest terror fest was great first time playing that um we got treated very well and um i mean overall had a great time uh we did psycho las vegas we did kill town death fest in copenhagen which was awesome like one of the best festivals I've ever been to and then from there we did a full European tour for six weeks okay that's what I was missing yeah so who was that with oh it was just us it was a it was a headlining tour and we were there for six weeks we did 11 countries and I think 36 days so it was just it was all back to back it was it was insane wow man um, what I mean and, and there's got to be some stories right any 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 crazy stuff happened on the road there man any any uh, uh, diversions any shows get shut down no no shows got shut down but like oh, man I'm, I'm trying to think of crazy stuff that happened <laughs> no, uh, you can never think of it man yeah you know it's like you like have them all like at, at different moments but like yeah, when you want to yeah. think of it it's like ah oh, I can't even think about it now no I, I think I, I, I think one of the craziest shows that we got booked on that tour was um, this, it was like this random like commune type spot in the middle of France. It was called Le Femme de Mauriac. And it was, it was literally like one of the craziest places I've ever been to. There was like no plumbing, uh, no like electricity really. Um, We played in this like kind of old barn and like i mean there was some people there but like we're we're just like wondering like damn like how did how did we get in this situation (laughs) but i think that was that you know the most memorable part of the european tour for me was that that show that whole day how many people showed up to that you think i would say there is like about 20 or 25 people there was a lot of people that had already lived on the property so like you know they didn't have to go very far but there was you know there's some out-of-towners that couldn't see us at any of the other french states that we had uh booked already so they came to that show 
and you know it was it was it was interesting to say the least yeah maybe some of them never left maybe they joined the commune <laughs> right dude if it was I, that it was that great <laughs> if i went to a commune and necrot was playing there's a, a highly likelihood i might stick around to see who else comes through that yeah, who, who knows? Yeah, dude, maybe Blood Incantation will show up next week if I stick around. Right. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, before we get political on the podcast, um, <laughs> let's... <laughs> uh, so... Um, so, so the European tour, man, that must have been amazing. And also, I mean, just briefly, uh, you know, we hear all the time and we've talked about it on the podcast before about how much more respected and well-received metal is in Europe and how the touring situations and the venues treat you uh, a little differently. Is that correct? Yeah, I feel like we're treated very well in Europe. Um, I mean, we had food. We had food provided for us every night. We, had, we usually had a place to stay. If we didn't already book it ourselves at like a, a hotel or a hostel, um, you know, people were like really stoked that they were that we were in Europe finally because the year before in 2017 we had we had started planning a, a European tour, but then we got the offer to go out with Black Dahlia and Suffo, so we took that because it was completely booked already and the European tour still kind of had some loose ends. So, uh, you know, people were really excited to see us finally. And um, I think I think just the response um, from that was really, really good. Uh, all the shows in, like, Italy and, and Spain and uh, Portugal, um, Belgium, a lot of the places we played had really good turnouts, and it, it, went, it went really well. I, I'm definitely looking forward to going back. Awesome, man. Any uh, any surprises like just like a, a country uh, you know you're like wow I didn't know metal was huge in this place or something like that like you just uh, you know some some country you just get a, a reaction you didn't you didn't expect. Um, I I mean I'm I'm not really sure just because uh my my whole understanding of before going to Europe was just like everybody was into metal so like no matter what you're always gonna have a good show. I went, I went out there previously in 2017 with Rude. We did like a two and a half week tour out there. And, you know, those shows from what was booked, like there was people there. But, um, I mean, I don't think there's really any surprises going back with Necrot. I just figured, like, people will be there. People want to see us. It's going to go great. So. <laughs> awesome, man. Good attitude. Yeah, so, always. So, so 2019 is the Decibel Tour, like the next big tour you embark on then? Yeah, that was the uh, the next big tour after Europe. Like we had maybe two or three months before we went out, mm -hmm. and we were just kind of um, just kind of prepping for that, like making more merch, and uh, we played like a couple local shows. Oh yeah, before that we went on the we played the Decibel Metal and Beer Fest in LA, and oh, that okay. was like at the that was at the very beginning of December. So we we're. We were just, you know, kind of like playing a few local and in-state shows yeah. before we went out on the big decibel run. Okay, and that was, uh, for the, a lot of listeners um, might have been able to catch you on that, uh, I was there at the New York City date, um, but that was with Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, and Blood Incantation. Um, yeah, and, and Immolation was on the last week of yes. shows. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Immolation, man. Um, I mean, Cannibal Corpse and Morbid Angel together, that was pretty... Um, pretty crazy when that was announced uh you know you can't really get much bigger in terms of a death metal package tour right no i mean that's that's the ultimate like who would ever think 
that you get to go out with like such big names as Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, and Immolation. Like I've never thought that would ever happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's awesome, man. Where was there anyone that you met from from any of those bands um, that uh, you know you maybe you, you had obviously followed their music for a long time and they were really cool? Yeah, I mean, all of them were super nice. I mean, Cannibal Corpse was they were super chill and friendly like getting to hang out with corpse grinder and like that was that was pretty insane just kind of surreal you know just because you always see them like yeah you know music videos or just like different interviews and then you're like right next to them like just shooting the shit so that was cool uh steve tucker we got to really like hang out with he's super chill such a great guy um all the dudes in immolation are like the best the most nicest dudes ever <laughs> yeah real, real, i've only met them as a fan and kind of just you know hey great show fan of the band shake your hand or whatever man but they were always real down to earth and nice guys yeah they're great then yeah. you know it's like it's awesome just because they're like so supportive and and they're like you know doing it the same way everyone else is you know they got they got their van and trailer and they're doing the merch themselves it's like yeah. they're like a real like uh, they're like a real down-to-earth band and i'm like stoked that they're just like really you know really friendly with all of us and they hooked us up with whatever immolation merch we wanted which is like sick for me because i would i had never been able to get like official immolation merch before then it was always you know like some random bootleg or something so it was like it was pretty special moment for me just getting to experience that and uh i mean also getting to go out with blood incantation too like They've been our friends forever, and we got to do, like, additional shows around the Decibel Tour with them. So, like, really getting to hang out with them for, like, a month was really fun. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I can imagine, man. And uh, um, obviously, I'm sure it did a lot for the band. Uh, it's, a, it's a good look, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we got a lot more fans, I'm sure, and um, more people got to check us out who might not have already known us. Yeah, so. dude. That that's what these big package tours are, are all about, man. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. great look, uh, you know, for your band to get on one. Um, uh, and also, just briefly, you, you brought something to my mind. You mentioned, uh, you know, trying to get the immolation shirts, and there's bootlegs out there um, in the metal scene. Um, just being a, a little bit closer geographically to Mexico, I've always heard that in Mexico there's a real big bootleg metal market, and there's even like flea markets and things like that for metal and. And it's like a huge thing. Do you guys get a lot of uh, bootlegs over there? Maybe like spillover or something like that in California? Well, I mean, there's always, there's bootleggers everywhere, whether it's like physically, like, you know, in person or if there's online Mm -hmm. shops. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always people trying to, you know, make merch from other bands. But um, the one, I've actually been to the one that, that you might be talking about. It's called Chopo. Yes, it's in Mexico City. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I have a friend. Yeah. Actually, shout to Adam Rotella. Adam Rotella always talks about that, and that he, like we want to make a pilgrimage to that one day. Maybe you yeah, can talk. You, maybe you can talk about it for the listeners. You gotta, you gotta go. It's it's pretty insane. It's like this. It, it's like a couple, and it's not really a couple, but it's just like a few kind of blocks or little alleyways. But it's just all these different tents and like shops that have like whatever you want. There's like punk punk shops there's metal shops there's black metal like there's pretty much like whatever you can think of it's probably there (laughs) and they you know there's like vintage record shops uh they it has everything but 
it, it's definitely like something to experience in person. Like I went there in 2014 uh, when Necrop played out there. We played this festival called D-Fest that was put on by the at the Akron. Um, our friends Bill and Carmen put on this fest out there and brought a bunch of bands from New York and Portland and the Bay Area to play this fest. And uh, they they all took us to Chopo and we, we got to spend some money and see what it was all about. But it's definitely something to experience firsthand. It's it's an amazing spot. Awesome, man. And that was the uh, the people from the Acheron, the Brooklyn venue? Yeah, yeah. Lot, yeah, uh, a lot of lot, I went to a lot. I believe it's closed down since. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, yes, great, great venue. I had so many good times there. Played a few good shows there, man. Great venue, the Akron. Yeah, and I mean the Anchored Inn is still still there. It's still next mm-hmm. door. Yeah, pumping out good good food and good beers and shit. So. Yeah, right by the uh, the sweatshop uh, rehearsal studio. Um, right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. That's I because my my other band Buckshot Facelift. We would rehearse there, and then sometimes we would just go see what what band was was playing at the Acheron. You know, nice. Hang out, got a beer, man. Good times. Um, interesting, man. Yeah, I've always been very fascinated by that. Um, uh, what's it called? Ch- uh, Chopo was it? Yeah, it's like El Chopo yeah. or Chopo. Yeah, yeah man. Um, we got Maybe we got to explore that more on the podcast yeah, in the take future. Take the show but, on the road. Yeah, but um. But uh, Ch- uh, Chad, while we got you on the phone, um, what's you know we, we talked about the Decibel tour. Uh, what's what's next around the corner for for Necrot? I assume you guys are uh, writing new material or planning new material. We actually just finished writing the new album. Uh, I think it was a few days ago. Excellent. We just got all the songs done, and from here on out, we're just gonna practice as much as we can before we leave in a in a month. Um, just so we can try to get them as you know as nailed down as we can because in january we're going into the studio to record all of it awesome awesome and and you said you're leaving them are you going on another tour coming up yeah we've we've got quite a a big few months planned ahead of us we are going to australia at the end of september for two and a half yeah i think it's like two and a half or three weeks with uh the band faceless burial and they're from melbourne awesome and we're going out with them for a couple weeks and then from there we're both going to play a sakusa death fest in japan in tokyo japan you bastard that sounds fun as hell (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's an amazing fest i went there in 2016 with rude and we had a great time it's it's a very well organized fest wow so uh so you so you've been to japan with rude uh, tell me a little bit of, about that experience, man. Just you know, being being in Japan and performing uh, in the Japanese metal scene at that fest. Well, it was um, we were there for about a week, and the fest was like four days long. So we flew out there, and um, we ha- we kind of had like a couple days to just hang out and kind of tour Tokyo a little bit. Um, it's it's such a crazy city. It's just so populated and there's so much going on and like i it's it's kind of hard to describe it's just it's quite it's quite the city (laughs) to say the least um that you know there's so much like you can just spend forever going around and you know visiting the different districts and and seeing you know what's going on um there's tons of record shops and um just i mean everybody's just sort of out they're just living life and and doing everything um the fest i think we we kind of co-headlined 
um, with Skeletal Remains. We were like the two big like foreign bands that he had brought out. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, local Japanese bands that were there. So you had like Coffins, you had Necrophile, Anatomia. Um, those those were like huge bands for me to see just because I've like known of them forever and finally getting to see them like where they're from on their home territory it was it was quite quite an experience <laughs> I'm sure that's great man wow yeah so um but getting to play the fest was really fun and we had a good response just because uh Yusef the singer of Rude the the vocalist guitarist he actually knows Japanese so he was like you know interacting with the crowd and just you know poking at them and they're they're enjoying it so it was it was really fun and um i'm definitely excited to go back awesome man awesome and uh so anything else after that um or, or that 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 follows up the big month well after japan we're back for a week and then we do a full u.s tour um from november to early december Okay, can can you divulge any uh, like any other information about that? Are there other bands or? I unfortunately can't right this minute just because things right. are just getting finalized. That's but good. it's gonna That's be a, it's gonna be a big one. That's good. We love list, leaving the listeners on a little bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs> That's when, right. When it is announced, we'll share it on our social media and all that. All right. Awesome. That's, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's all. I'm I'm glad to hear that, and I can't wait to um to unlock the mystery behind this one. Um, It'll be announced soon. Sick, man. And then and then after that, when you get home, you're going to be recording the new album uh, in January, right? Yeah, we're basically going to spend all of December getting ready to go into Earhammer and and record the next beast. Um, uh, what label is going to come out on, or is that still up in the air? It'll be a, it'll be on Saint Crimes. Cool. Uh, and um, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to you know pry too hard, but I guess is there any any uh, difference um, from the last album, uh, just sonically, uh, thematically, anything you're trying to uh, build or evolve upon? Like, like what, what can listeners expect, maybe, if you want to say anything at all to that question? I feel like it's definitely a step up from Blood Offerings, uh, musically, for sure. I mean, we haven't really gotten to the lyrics part yet, but the music is definitely a step up. Um, we're putting, you know, we always put in 100% to whatever we're doing, but I feel like we're like you know we're we're getting we're we're progressing more in in a better way and i feel like you know people really like blood offerings are really gonna like the new record awesome man looking forward to it and um with that being said that kind of brings brings us up to uh not not even the present now we're like a year ahead of time man but um <laughs> uh we want to be respectful of your time we've had you talking for about an hour now man and um luckily the power hasn't gone out nothing's flooded over here in new york so we're, we're good uh, we want to transition maybe to the part of the conversation where we ask you to recommend uh, one older music release and one newer music release for the listeners. Doesn't necessarily have to be metal, but you know where our heart's at. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, for older releases, man, that's like that's. I guess I'm just gonna have to go with go with a, a, a favorite nice. uh bolt thrower realm of chaos nice. always a staple classic um i mean that or repulsion horrified those two, two. two great albums yeah yeah two great albums um yeah. huge staples for me that now that bolt thrower because that's interesting because um 
You come from a background where like uh, crusty hardcore and, and crust punk was um, very big and very relevant to the metal scene, as you explained before. Uh, Bolt Thrower has always been known as kind of being able to bridge some of those gaps uh, in the scene from, from way back. And nowadays, I feel like people from all over enjoy Bolt Thrower, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it, it spans multiple genres now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Um, they were, I think it was the 2009 Maryland Death Fest. Uh, I think maybe it was Asphyx canceled, but Bolt Thrower ended up playing two sets uh, one day after the other, man. It, and, and it just, it, it was like everybody wanted to catch Bolt Thrower. You know what I mean? Like some people, yeah. you go to this stage to catch the black metal bands, you go to that stage to catch the grindcore bands, but everybody was in there for Bolt Thrower, man. Everybody loves a little Bolt Thrower. Realm of Chaos, classic album. No, it's it's the ultimate. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, and uh, that, that being said then, uh, what would you recommend for something new? Oh man, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think. <laughs> there's I mean there's so many so many good bands that are coming out nowadays. Yeah, we're um, yeah, we're in a we're in a, we're in a crazy time for death metal right now. I mean, there's just so many bands and so many albums that are coming out. It's like it's really hard to stay on top of things. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, I'm I'm just gonna go with Ascended Dead's abhorrent uh, manifestation. Great, great album. Yeah, it's it's a great record, and it was definitely my favorite of 2017. It's just it's unrelenting from start to finish. It's just like nonstop pummeling death metal. Yeah, the performance is just so visceral. Like it's uh, it's something else. It's a real animal of an album. Yeah, it's 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 one of the best albums definitely in the last ten years for sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Awesome, man. Yeah, uh, definitely. Great great album, man. Um, all right, man. That being said, uh, Chad, we appreciate your time. Uh, is there anything that you just want to say to, um, to to fans of your music, listeners of the podcast who, who've been uh, uh, hanging with us? I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast. It's always awesome getting to talk about all the bands and everything that we're all doing. Um, it's, you know, it really, like, it's cool when people actually, like, it, you know they give a fuck <laughs> so thank you guys for having me on I uh, just want to say thank you to everybody who supports Necrod and all the other bands that um, I'm currently playing with um, Scotty at Tank Crimes for helping me throughout the year I mean especially the last two years he's been mentoring me and and you know he's been a big help um, Liz at Ear Split um, Mark uh Marky, uh, he does uh, all the graphic stuff for uh, my label and for Tank Crimes. He's he's a huge help every single week for me. Uh, Ron Martinez at Crawl Space, um, huge supporter of Necrot. He's helped us so much in the past few years. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, all of our friends and family, yeah. anybody who has helped us. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it, it t- was the saying. It takes a village to raise a, a death metal band, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the saying. That's it. Awesome. Well, uh, Chad Gailey, thank you so much for your time, brother. We really appreciate talking to you and you sharing your experience with us. And we're gonna be watching for um, uh, if anyone's in Australia listening, uh, you know, Necrot's coming down. If you're in Japan listening, Necrot's coming over. And uh, if you're in the United States, we're gonna keep an eye on you to see uh, who, who who these mystery bands are. You're gonna be touring with. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much again. All the best, brother. Good talking to you.
Yeah, have a great day. Thanks, Cheers, Chad. Man. Catch later. you later, man. Chad is a supreme gentleman. Oh, nice guy. I'd, I'd like to eat a slice of pizza with that man. Yeah, full disclosure, when he said New York-style pizza, I did raise an eyebrow, but we're professional on the podcast. I'm gonna, next time Chad's in New York, we're going we're gonna to take him and show him the New York slice, all right? Take Which I know he's had. Little, little, little V's in Huntington, honestly. I mean, if I'm going to go Long Island on it, all right? But, uh, but yeah, no, no, all kidding aside, big shout out to Chad. It was great talking to him. Uh, we are uh, really curious who uh, the... the Mysterious bands are that they're going to be touring with. Mystery Park up at the end of the year, but Park, I, I look forward to going to see them because he said it's a full U.S. tour. Hopefully that includes uh, an area by New York City somewhere. 
Yeah, tolls are a little rough sometimes getting in, but they, they, they're still hitting us uh, with, with, the, with the biz. Um, now, Chad called. I think some other people called. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you uh, segued so perfectly, Will. Come on, man. Leaning right into it. I could back that segue up through uh, a cat door at this point, okay? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I want to... Basically a mall cop. <laughs> I want to thank our listeners. Uh, we've been getting some phone calls, so we're going to play a few tonight. And, uh, yeah, let's get rolling on the first voicemail. Mm-hmm. Tom, I've been trying to call you. Heavy Hole Podcast, what's up? Will, Justin, Tom. I uh, just wanted to give you a call, and uh, my name's Cody Hager. Uh, I've called in, messaged you all a few times on Facebook about bands like Mulder and Yachtja, but uh, I wanted to call in. I'm on my way to a Harm's Way uh, Jesus Peace show here at Beat Kitchen in Chicago, and I just got done listening to your episode from uh, where we had Paul Herzog from Die Choking, and he was extensively talking about the house scene in Philly, and... Of course, I hear of house shows going on here in Chicago, but my favorite thing to do when I travel is, like, catch the local scene. And um, So when it comes to out-of-state shows or places you're not familiar with, how does one go about figuring out where the house shows are? Of course, there's things like social media and all that, but typically you have to be on some inside circle to get that. So is there some resource or a way to find out about house shows that I'm not aware of? Um just a, a question I came up with that I was hoping you all could help out with. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, thank you, Cody, for calling in. Yeah, shout out to Cody, man. We've uh, we've we've uh, talked to Cody before on uh, on social media before, and he has recommended bands. We remember you, Cody, man. And um, what an excellent question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure he's yeah. going to have a great time with that Harm's Way Jesus Peace show. Yeah, yeah right? Fantastic yeah, sta- stand in the back if you didn't bring a hockey mask. <laughs> all right? <laughs> Uh, but no, that what a good question though, man. He's got me mm-hmm. putting my, uh, my my thinking cap on. How right do now. you do it? What? Well, I, well, I know what I would do is I would look I would look up the local bands. You know what I mean? I would try to get a feel for the local scene where I'm going. Like, uh, you know, maybe look up like the bigger shows in the area, find the local openers, and then like look them up on Facebook and see what they're all about when they're not opening up for bigger bands. You know what I mean? And kind of do a little detective work on like your local openers uh, for the bigger shows and then see what type of shows those guys are playing, you know, that maybe aren't getting as much hype. You know what I mean? You 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 know, you stalk those guys a little bit on their Instagram and their Facebook page and you might come across a little a little flyer or ad for something. And then also the venues themselves, man, um, if you look up you could just type in like DIY spot or uh, or maybe like like look for punk and hardcore shows, which sometimes are a little more prevalent at those type of DIY venues, and see if any of them, if you can find the listings for them, if any of them are having a, a, an oddball metal show. You know, that's that's the only thing I think of. Yeah, get your your Snopes hat on. You know, yeah, do the yeah. little detective work. Go on Twitter. You know, a lot yeah, of, a lot Twitter, of real time right. uh, you know updates happen on there. And uh, if you're extremely desperate, get in your car, drive slow around the block. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and also, like like you said before, Will, uh, you go to a show. If someone's handing out flyers, pick it up. Yeah, you can you learn a lot of cool shit that way. When we do, when I do the research uh, for the for the guests on the podcast, uh, you know, I, I go all over the internet. I go on YouTube and look stuff up, man. And if so, if I would probably apply that same uh, obsess obsession that I have to like like if I was really trying to find a house show in a specific place I'm going or a DIY show, whatever the case is. I would probably go on YouTube too, 
and maybe look for shows in that area that that bands I know do a lot of those type of shows play and see if maybe I could just find like a random YouTube video of a place and you know just do the detective work to find the venue you know what I mean um and uh you know if nothing else man maybe even message uh you know if you find bands that you know play those type of thing maybe maybe message them um you know if you have a public profile uh you know hopefully there's enough stuff on you there where you don't look like a cop because uh i mean i joke yeah we're not wearing your badge right at that particular time look i joke was taken but there's um i know in boston uh up up until only a few years ago there were uh police uh going on social media pretending to be metal fans or punks or whatever the case was to bust up house shows yeah and you know that was that's that's a real thing dude that that was going on is you know with social media nowadays you know, people are um, a little weary sometimes, depending on the the climate of your area, the scene, and what's going on. You know, some areas they don't give a shit what people do. You know, in other areas, the house shows get shut down. So, you know, you do want you do want to be aware of that. That if you start asking around for it, just be upfront because people are a little uh, nervous that maybe um, the authorities are trying to shut down a venue or something like that. Allegedly, this is all allegedly. Yeah, Cody. Once again, thanks for calling in, yeah. and uh, good luck on your adventures. And call back in if you find some cool house show stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if anyone uh, knows, you know, has better advice than than us about this house show, where to find the DIY shows, I, I'd like it too, man. Because I'm I know there's house shows and DIY shows going on, and me being 37, I don't hear about them. You know, so it's like I, I'll be the creepy 37 year old guy at the house show watching the bands just to watch the bands. I don't care, but I don't even hear about them. You know. All right, let's move on to the next voicemail. True. True. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Clint, and I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Got an album recommendation for y'all. Uh, all right, the band's called Carnarium with a K, so K A R N A R I U M. They're from Sweden, and I guess this would be an old uh, classic recommendation. Okay, sorry, I'm outside. Uh, they're they have two albums, I guess be for the first one, self-titled from 2008. Uh, you can listen to it on Bandcamp, and uh, it's death metal. It's just awesome. They're not typical Sweden Swedish death metal, uh, more influenced by American death metal bands, and it's just sick. It's like, it's not, no modern production, just totally raw. Uh, the vocal is just low and high, demented stuff. Um, came out on Blood Harvest, and uh, yeah, like I said, that one's on Bandcamp, you can listen to it, and if you like that, check out their second album, it's not even on Bandcamp or YouTube or anything, you have to fucking buy it, but uh, yeah, just check it out, I hope you guys like it, bye. Yeah, sick. Thank you, uh, Clint. Uh, checking in from the Lone Star State with the uh, with the album recommendation, man. That's how you do it if you want to call in. Hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, shout to Cody, shout to Clint, and uh, we look forward to more people calling in. And I got one more. Oh, oh boy, just in. Oh boy, man. Yo, heavy hole. Y'all need to get on gender fluids. Gender fluids is playing hands down some of the grossest, sickest 
sludgiest, nasty shit. It's like slow and gross. Like imagine a slower, grosser autopsy. Gender fluids, they're on band camp. They got a record out and they got a new record coming out. It's fucked up. I think you dudes will like it. Alright, one. Uh, yeah, th- so there's no name left on that one, which is fine. You don't need to leave your name. But, uh, <laughs> I gotta check out Gender Fluids real quick. We gotta listen to this for a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Pause, pause, pause. I want to bump this with the bass all the way up. <laughs> yeah, this is obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. I want to play this when my neighbors start playing really loud music of their own. Wow, this is this is pretty sick, dude. <laughs> I love it. This shit is fucking heavy. Yeah, and uh, so I don't usually do this either. We don't. Uh, we do the bonus episodes. We've decided to make all the emails bonus episodes, but I'm going to make an exception once here. We got Kent on the line again. I've talked to him a bit online, and he says, uh, The Mulligan Alter recommendation was fantastic. Basically, had it on repeat. It also makes me dive back into the Noose Rot EP. Put out by Sentient Ruin, has members of Skeleton Witch, Wolfhammer, and Gatecreeper. Hmm. Not sure if they fit into Will's alleged Medal of Death category, <laughs> but they tick that box for me. So I'm just going to put a bit on. Maybe you give us like a quick hot take. Okay, okay. Is it or is it not? there's a ska part that I'm not foreseeing or something silly like that, this is definitely Medal of Death. Okay. Amazing. What is yeah. that? What's the name of the song? Uh, this is the song, The Creeping Unknown. The song titles are so Medal of Death. The second one, Bound in a Dark House. Oof. That is Medal of Death. And then you got, what, what is that? Worship the Crypt. Yeah. And Mass Grave Interment. This is Medal of Death. Yeah, this is their this 2018 is 2018 EP uh, with the we're listening to the title track uh, Creeping Unknown. Check it out. It's on It's on every platform right now. A little bit of a cyanide vibe I'm getting out of this. Maybe it's the vocals mm. with the creepy uh, effect on Wow, man. This is Cool Metal of Death. Thank you, Kent. Shout out to Kent, man. And I'm glad that this Metal of Death concept is, uh, is spreading. People know what I'm talking about, you know?
I brought in some coffin mulch. Mm. Hey, like that fucking Ooh, name. It's a great name. <laughs> kind of love it. Right? It's got it's got death metal in it. It's got landscaping in it. <laughs> it's carpentry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a four piece out of Glasgow, Scotland. Awesome. This is their 2019 demo. Little flex. I don't know if you can hear that, Jock, in your your cassettes. Yeah, let's hear that. Let's hear that nice jewel case. Yeah, that cassette jewel case. Ooh, ooh. Whatever you call it, the cassette case. On so, Earth forever. Slapping. So, uh, you, you guys uh, take a guess where I got this? Was it Magastomp? No. Okay, who uh, was it? It's a friend of ours. Friend of the show. Get it from John Santiago. Yes, sir. Ooh. Oh wow. Third okay. Eye Grind. Yeah. Third Eye Grind put this out, huh? You gotta check out his shop. It's great. I love yeah. John's shop. Uh, I ordered a bunch of things. You know what? I, I just trust him because he's he's only curating things that he likes. Yeah, I like his yeah. taste. Yeah, I buy a lot of stuff from him when I see my shows. He didn't put this out. This is just a physical release he put out, but he's distroing it. And he's doing this band a favor because this band's great. Really cool stuff. Old school death metal sound. Really murky. You're listening to it. It is it, it is a a really harsh wind with covered in spicy peppers. You know, huh. it's just. Something else happening. It's rowing a boat through salsa. Right the guitars now. sound like rough, but they sound smooth. Yes, it flows good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everything. The, the production is nice. You know, it's it's cool stuff, man. It's crispy, but there's a layer of mulch on top Uh-oh. of it. Oh, okay. Before you Even get the nice crunch. and moist. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 So check out this coffin mulch demo, 2019. Yeah. Uh, check independent. And see if, uh, if, uh, John John from Third Eye Grind Records still has it, man. And um. Just in case you're interested in what goes on when you run a, a, a tape label uh, and all that, man, you could check out our interview with John from Third Eye Grind Records uh, slash Searped Recordings. Underrated word in death metal. Mulch. You don't see that in too many bands. I, I agree wholeheartedly. So this week I brought in the band Sekusu. I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that somewhere in the ballpark. Uh, S-E-K-K-U-S-U off their album Satyromania. And thanks to Tom, got this plastic right here. It's very, very nice. Got the physical copy. Um, so this is the debut full length from this Detroit uh Crusty Death Thrash Trio um, out on Horror Pain Gore Death Productions. All right. Fucking love it. Great love label. That label. Gotta yeah. say it. Good label. Um, this just came out uh, in July 2019. Um, the band calls the sound Wild Spirit Punk Metal <laughs> to release the Wild Spirit Within, brother. You know what I mean? Is that what the Wild wow. Stallions played from Bill and Ted? I, it, you know. I'm going to say, I don't know. Okay. I'm going right. to say that. But this, All yeah. right. Um, Shout to Rufus. I kind of, I've been digging this band a lot. This is just raw, like primordial rage, dark energy in the most positive way. Lots of D-beats. Lots of D-beats. Sucker for D-beats. Um, kind of harkens back to like the, the genesis of extreme music. Just fast punk, you know, and super distorted and very aggressive. And uh, I think uh, y'all should check it out, brother. Mm. Pretty wild. Brothers and sisters right here, yeah. Just 
Detroit you, coming out with some crazy shit. Now, can you say this that descriptor again? I've forgotten. Oh, the the what the band? Yeah. Wild Spirit Punk Metal. Wild Spirit Punk Metal. Wow. Get yourself into the Wild Spirit. Yeah, like yeah. It, I mean, it, it's it sounds fitting. I'll yeah. give them that. Mm-hmm. I stumbled upon this. Burial Temple is the name of the band. They just put out this Mortal Scum two-song demo 2019 a few days ago. Uh, and it's... Um, they're from... Uh, where are they from? I think they're from Brazil. Brazil. Obrigado. Yeah. They're from Brazil. And this is Metal of Death. Thank you, sir. This is... <laughs> there's no physical copy uh, for me to own yet, although I think this would fit perfectly on a 7-inch. And I'm hoping that maybe that'll happen one day. They have a quote uh, accompanying this on Bandcamp. This demo is about death and dying, about the absence of the existential state that we con- that we conventionally call life. Um, and uh, the guitar, bass, and drums were recorded live, and you can hear it, man. And this is just beautiful metal of death right here that does not stop, man. Power Trio, um, a guy named Pedro Santos does a guitar solo on the second track, which is actually a cover of the classic Sepultura song, Funeral Rites. Mm. And if you're going to do a cover song on a Medal of Death release, uh, you know, Funeral Rites by Sepultura, bro, you're right there. The, um, the, the original is called Repulsive Necro Fever. Uh, and this is just Medal of Death, man. I can't get over this enough when I heard it, man. So haunting and some really cool synthesizer uh, touches on the, the Sepultura cover, man. This is just really beautiful death metal to me, man. Um, I, I listened to it a bunch of times this week. And couldn't wait to talk about it tonight and share it with you guys, especially in light of um, what, what was the band we just listened to that Kent recommended us? Uh, that was Noose Rod. Yeah, Noose Rod. In light of already uh, hearing a new metal of death band, uh, it's great to recommend this one too, man. I really love this two-song release. It's only like 12 minutes and change long, man. You can just give it some of your time on your commute or whatever you got to do, man. When you're, you know, you're changing the garbage bag in the kitchen, you could listen to this thing. Come on. Yeah. You know? This uh, this bass tone. Is yeah disgusting. I feel like someone is pushing it from the other side of a tube with they nails did. in it, and just like ugh, they did like it. they like, did it. Like the, <laughs> ugh, wow. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Take take me there, son. That's what I say to this man. You know what I'm saying? Like the Dave Chappelle show, where the guy's playing the piano. That's how I feel right now. I just want to put on the sunglasses and let these guys do their thing, man. I love it so much. Mm. So I got a band right here called Anti Gamma. Ah, okay, all right. Yeah, um, 
they're new to me. But uh, I'm not altogether familiar, man. Teach me something. So uh, this is it. yeah, this is a uh, heard the this, name around maybe over the years, but I, yeah, I don't know about this. This band is active, and I gotta say, I probably haven't been doing my dues for them because they've been putting in the dues for us. Polish band? Yes. Um, now, oh wait, wait, wait! Yeah, Buckshot Facelift opened for these guys several years ago, and I was yeah, I man. I have, I I'll, admittedly, I have not followed them recently. Yeah, yeah. Talk mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Great grindcore band. This is their album Discomfort from April uh, 2004 on Extremist Records. Extremist uh, Records, the label run by the guys from Drug Hater. Is that right? Or unless is it a different Extremist Records based? Is it ex- there's Extremist Records based out of Ohio? I'm gonna. Gotta check the Google on this one. Alright, you Google that. Um, but yeah, this is a, a riveting r- release. It reminds me a lot of. Uh, it's like the chaos, the kind of stuff that you, like you bring in a lot, Justin. You know, the uh, ion dissonance kind of thing. Uh, but this, this like churning sound throughout it. It's technical, but there's sick grooves throughout. Yeah, there's a start-stoppy Ed Gain kind of thing going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, Ed Gain was just one. Like the, the variation in drumming is great. Um, the drummer also slows down every now and then and lets it breathe. And it's just a great bits of chaos. This whole album, discomfort. It's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Extremist Records, man. I have no reason to believe it's a different Extremist Records of some sort. This sounds like exactly what they would have put out. And um, I'm more familiar... When I think of Polish grindcore, I think of the more chunky, gore-grind-influenced stuff, like yeah, Dead like Infection or Squash, Squash Bowls, Bells, yeah. Neuropathia, all these bands. This is a, yeah, a little bit more modernized, like you said, influenced by some of the stuff Justin's always bringing in, the frantic hey grind-influenced stuff, man. You know, like, this is really cool, yeah. These guys were sick live, too. There's a cool like element to this production where it's uh, it's not like off-putting. It's like kind of it brings you in a little bit, like wraps around. I don't know. Yeah, it's, a, it's got a different like uh, a different texture to it than a lot of like uh, a lot of grinding kind of shit. Yeah, there's a fullness to it. And that's Big a great wolf. way. Of, yeah, that's a great way of putting it because like uh, you know, typically even if you listen to the craziest grind out there, it'll take you a couple listens to get into something as. Uh, uh, just as disjointed as this is, but for me, I was uh, I was sold the instant I heard it, which is it's really good stuff. And they have a whole catalog. Of, uh, I think they have six or seven full lengths out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Span's been doing this since I think '99. Wow. Justin, what you got, man? <clears throat> I just have a tiny bit to say about uh, Meshuggah Chaos Fear. Nice. You guys like your necks? Hate it. I protect my neck. <laughs> well, yeah, you certainly have to, because uh, I'm recommending Meshuggah's 1998 Nuclear Blast Records release, Chaos Fear. 
So uh, th- this album's cool because it was it was kind of um, the first album where Meshuggah like I guess kind of honed that sound that people relate to Meshuggah now with. You know right. what I mean? Uh, their their previous records before this is their third full length. The two previous ones were a little more like death thrash. Um, kind of mixed in with like heavy syncopation and and the odd time signatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where uh, I believe Meshuggah adopted the eight string guitar. Everything yeah. got really lower, slightly more industrial. Um, mm. But this this was way different than other I guess industrial contemporaries were doing at the time. This, you know, this is no Fear Factory, right? Um, you know, Meshuggah is is a, a wall of sound where. It's just it's a machine where every piece of the band is a gear in that machine pushing uh, the same objective. You know? Such precision. There are there are no like you know I mean sure there are leads and stuff and, and riffs that we that we all love but this is it's it's, it's a whole you know I, I kind of like I, I see a similarity between this and say like your wall of sound noise bands or your wall of sound sort of like droning doomy sort of things in, in the mm. sense that um, you know everybody's working for the same purpose. The sugar you, just, you put on, everybody's an instrument, and you're fucking rolling down the street. <laughs> Especially the song New Millennium Sinai Christ. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, jogging. Forever. Yeah, there's just something about this band. I don't care how big they get or how many people know them. They're just one of the heaviest fucking bands out there. I, I think like there's a stigma around the sugar nowadays. You know, people kind of uh, see the whole gent movement and yeah. and new metal and this and this and that. But y'all gotta just put that in your pockets. Um, it's it's a shame because like in the last ten years, I feel like in the in the greater metal market that I've noticed. They've kind of gone from being this um, this oddball band that a lot of people enjoyed but wasn't so huge commercially to like being very well respected and revered, and now to the point where there's this saturated genre of music that is somewhat inspired by them, but I think a lot of bands miss the point. I think it's completely yeah. inspired by them, and it kind of helped this resurgence in the Sugar's career. You yeah, know, absolutely. Bands like Periphery and Tesseract coming yeah. out and just... And, and not that and I'm accusing, not that I'm accusing Tesseract or Periphery of being those bands that are missing the point, or however you want to put it. Oh, sure, yeah. It just seems like uh, again, you know, and I'm going to keep saying this over and over again because it's my frame of reference from what you know when I got into music and when I noticed it happened was the one the one man drum machine gore grind bands in the early 2000s. Now it's like that's like now the Meshuggah, you know, gent bands or whatever you want to call them. Man, there's a glut, mm-hmm. and whenever that happens, it gets to a point where it's harder to tell. The, the really great bands through the sea of bands that maybe, uh, you know, there's something lacking. Yeah. Well, is the original, man. And yeah, uh, a lot of those glut bands are using Thomas Hack's drum sound. And yeah. Drummer to, yes. to write yeah, yeah. And it's just a shame, you know. I gotta even remind myself, we shouldn't let that um, uh, distract you from the actual original trendsetters that were pioneers, you know. Sure, man. Mm-hmm. If you like groovy breakdowns and fucking weird shit. I feel like if you just like your mind being fucking twisted from time to time, just p- trying to pay attention to it. It's it's great how Thomas Hack is always just doing something consistent with a uh, with Symbols. some symbol, yeah. and then everything else about the band is madness. Yep, and that is such a great formula, and you can't take that away from them. It's fucking fantastic. I, I think there's a, a tribal element to this band, you know, and I, I don't want to go so much into like Meshuggah, the existential Meshuggah, because yeah. I want to keep, you know, I, I want to like leave we room. Could, we could do a whole episode of Meshuggah. Yeah. Uh, we could do like a whole month of episodes on Meshuggah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Definitely leave that room, but um, yeah, man, Meshuggah's, uh, it gets to the core. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's in the middle. 
big, uh, big and frequent pick on the Artificial Brain tour van. Yeah, mm. always. But yeah, those guys love Meshuggah. Okay, uh, I'm throwing you guys all the way back. I got um, I, I do have the physical seven inch right here. That's it right there. Uh, this is the band Mastic Scum from Austria, and I got a deep cut for you right here. It's their seven inch tilt, uh, released August 1995 on Rodel Records. Uh, R.I.P. First off, to the singer on this album, uh, his name was Will. Um, doesn't really list a, a last name for him, so we'll just call him Will. Uh, you know. Nice name, obviously. Beautiful. Um, yes. Yeah, but R.I.P. to him, man. The guy passed away in some sort of car accident in 2012, long after this was recorded. Uh, he went on to sing for this band on many other releases, and they're actually still around, and they have a real considerable discography to get into. Um, but this is this is my personal uh, favorite. It's a little nostalgic for me. I received this um, from some distro or, or a trade somewhere in the 90s when I was first getting into all this stuff. And there, you, there's not... Maybe back then there wasn't so many bands from Austria. You knew Pungent Stench, um, but there were there wasn't a whole lot of other bands. And this was a, a kind of a, a funky grindcore band, a band where the bass really stood out to me. Um, the production was a little different, and they were just a real cool, catchy grindcore band that was really fast and tight with memorable bass. Um, and I, I always really enjoyed this seven inch and other releases by them. And it's a cool wormhole to go down and just maybe a little bit of a different band if you're a grindcore head. They're not they're not reinventing the wheel, but um, th there's just something about the band that's uh, that's very interesting and fun. And um, the production and the songwriting is just interesting enough to not 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 be like a total freak, but um, uh, set them apart from the crowd. So really good band, Mastic Scum, uh, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's actually like a four-second song from this EP that's on YouTube, and that's the only thing you're going to find, so you're going to have to dig deep. All right? <laughs> we yeah, got Discogs. We hooked up the old record player, uh, and we're, we're playing the 7-inch right now, man. So, uh, But, you know, even if you can't find this uh, this Tilt 7-inch that they put on years ago, there's tons of stuff to get into by Mastic Scum that is available. So um, give them a couple minutes of your time. And as I said, this is a band from Austria, but I always got a kick out of the fact that their name was Mastic Scum. Anyone from uh, Long Island who's familiar with the Mastic Shirley area, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that. All right? We'll, we'll leave it right there for you. <laughs>
All right. Well, thanks for joining us in the heavy hole down here in the hot basement. Uh, thank you, Chad, for calling in. Chad Gailey of Necrot and so many other sick projects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and be sure, you know, Necrot obviously getting a lot of shine right now doing those tours, as they should be, all the hard work they've been putting in. But uh, as always, we encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other projects that our guest has been involved in. Um, a lot of really cool, brutal death metal uh, an old school death metal, um, you know, mortuous with members of Exhumed, ex members of Exhumed, and things like that. Uh, really uh, great circle of bands this guy has got to get involved in. So, shout to Chad, we appreciate your time. Uh, all the people that called in left us the hot voicemails. Yeah, uh, if you want to be famous like us, uh, just do a phone call. Yeah. I think I just segued. What's the, what's the phone number? Oh, that <laughs> shit. Yeah, so if you want to, you want to be like paper out. You want to be like Clint and uh, Cody and our um, our nameless uh, uh, gender gender fluids, uh, the band advocate. Um, Shout to all those guys. One. Um, Then what's the number to call? The number is six three one eight three seven three two seven four. Justin wrote the wrong thing. Please tell it again. Oh, uh, Justin. Uh, yeah, I need one. I need. I just need seven more numbers. Oh, okay. Well, it's 631 yes. before the seven. Got that. Uh, Got that. 37. Mm-hmm. 3274. 3274. Okay. 7-4. Okay. Yeah. Now they're really confused. But it doesn't matter. And the social media, come on, guys. Uh, it's 2019. Look us up on Facebook. Look us up on Twitter. Look us up on Instagram. Uh, all the content is Heavy Hole related. We're going back. We're posting old stuff. Heavy Hole adjacent. Yeah, Heavy Hole adjacent things. Uh, we're, we're posting uh, you know, releases by people we've interviewed. When they post, uh, they got a new concert, a new show coming up, a new tour. We're all over it, man. So... Uh, hook up with us give us feedback let us know what's going on out there what you're listening to and we really appreciate you guys out there heavy hole podcast peace all right one Yeah.